everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Gerd. And I'm David. Welcome to the show. We're wrapping up a trilogy this week. If you've been following along with us, we're talking about Pitch Perfect because this month, September, well, I don't remember if it's this month, this year is the 10th anniversary of the first movie. I think they even put it back in theaters for a little bit at some point, but we're talking about Pitch Perfect 3 this week. The What I think and hope is the final movie. <laughs> They are doing a TV show we've talked about, but I don't think there are plans for any more movies, at least with these characters. So Pitch Perfect 3 brings us to, gosh, what year was that? 15? I, had it pulled I, I don't remember. I think it was 2017. Yeah. 2017. So we got most, again, of the key players are back. A couple new additions. Although, in my opinion, outside of John Lithgow, not really any decent big people I'd added to the cast this year. No, if anything, they kind of pared it down. They did, and we'll talk about that because I do. Ha- <laughs> I quick survey. Did ever did all three of us not like this movie? Yeah, I, I think that's might be fair to say. <laughs> okay, yeah. then I want to start first because I did have a couple notes of some positive things. I did want to say that I liked, even though I thought the movie was not good. There were some choices that I made uh, that they made that wasn't so terrible. So in this movie, I guess I forgot to set up the basic premise for anyone who hasn't seen it. The Bellas are now, or at least the Bellas as we know them, are well out of college, working their own jobs. They're brought back for a Bella reunion where they get to see the new squad led by Haley Steinfeld and then a bunch of new people. And they get drawn into a USO tour through some weird kind of shenanigans and then dj collette's there and it just kind of goes off the rails but that's the basic premise so what i did like is that i appreciated that they took the movie out of the college setting i don't agree with the choice but i like that they did it i appreciated seeing them out of there and i like that they put the bellas head to head with full bands this time instead of other acapella groups so they got to also be out of their element there and be shown that oh you're actually not that great at everything you thought you were. Mm-hmm. And I like also that basically every Bella peaked in college and they are all these kind of like losers now outside of college. And so seeing them have to build themselves back up were all choices that I liked. And now I'm done saying all yeah. I liked about the movie. I don't agree with any of the choices but I do like the attempt. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you can go, Garrett, if you like. So, I... This movie's not good. It's not. However. <laughs> however. I think I appreciate the choices that they made. Because if you would have given me another thing of them in college doing the same thing, I would have hated it. Right? I went into this with very low expectations. You know what I got? A pitch-perfect spoof of a Mission Impossible, and I weirdly enjoyed that. I enjoyed that they incorporated some of the acapella stuff into the spoof of a spy genre. I enjoyed John Lithgow getting a chance to be ridiculous and over-the-top. I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just them doing the same thing. And that was my main complaint about the second one, is that the second one just leaned into being pitch-perfect. Whereas Pitch Perfect was its own thing and it was thought <laughs> this didn't lean into the same two, which I appreciated, which I expected. And I was expected to be really let down by that. This went in a completely different direction. 
It led into the ridiculousness. It's not a good movie, but it was entertaining. I'm going to say this is going to be, I don't know if this is true. I think I like this better than the second one. No. But that's not to say that I like this one that much at all. I didn't like it yes. better than the second yes. one. I think I understand what you mean, David, because like I think Ga- I agree. Like what Garrett said and like what Josh said, taking off on the things they said and how they agree with me, this one had a better sense of what it wanted to be. Whereas Pitch Perfect 2 was, we talked about it, it was scattered, it was uneven, it had too many things, too many try- attempts at different stories. This had basically an A story and a B story. Right. It was Becca doing her thing. Right. And then it was Amy and her dad. That was the two. So they kept it simple. Right. Kept it focused. The movie does one of those. I got a lot. I laughed so hard because the movie opens with this event happening on a boat. And then it, you know, dun, 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 right? and then they fade to black. And I said out loud three weeks later or three weeks earlier. <laughs> and then it came up and I went, yes, I knew. I nailed the exact time frame three weeks earlier. In the words of my wife, Nikki, the real one, they waited way too long. Three, they should not have taken three movies to get to a Britney song. This movie opens with Toxic. They should have been doing Britney songs. I agree with her on that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The movie is weird. And that's, I mean, that's fine. The first one's weird at times. But this is the kind of thing that I kind of expected from Pitch Perfect 2. Not necessarily the kidnapping and all that stuff on the ship and anything like that but like the worldwide thing like they were talking about hey we're gonna go worldwide and this one they're going to italy they're going to morocco they're going to all these other different places they're globe trotting and i was like this is what i expected from the last movie and now we're getting it with the globe trotting thing it kind of feels to me like the second movie should have been them doing like a world a world competition and doing a lot of globe trotting and then the third movie, yeah, they're graduated from college. They become an actual group together, and then they do something a la America's Got Talent or some other kind of like big Even the show. way that this movie ended would have been a great ending, and it, and it concludes everything because it, it allows them to become that professional group because you've got DJ Khaled sitting there for some damn reason. I can't figure out why, just because it's DJ Khaled. He was just hot. It was 2017, yeah. 2016 when they were filming this. Exactly. And he was hot. One. Yeah. Another one. Exactly. And Another so, one. like, that is, I agree, they but, missed some opportunities, but, like, the ending of this is a good ending for the Bellas, even though it weirdly is, like, supposed to be Becca's send-off. She's like, come up with me, and then it was like, oh, my God, let's just make this whole thing a thing. We've known for a while that the Bellas are actually secretly dorks. Even though they're the stars of the movie, Sure, they are an acapella group mm-hmm. in college, which is dork central, okay? As yeah. hot as they all are, they are dorks, right? And they have never looked more like dorks than having Ruby Rose and the Whiskey Shivers completely show them up at their own game of yeah. playing a riff off. They look like doofuses. And that movie. part actually made me pain a little bit. Because it was look- like, oh, you ladies haven't grown up at all, have you? <laughs> no. And they, they get kind of embarrassed by like, you know, I mean, what? No, I'm not going to say real artists because I do think that acapella music is, I think, a really challenging thing to do. But these other artists just take what everything they think they're they do special and like, you know, add music, add instruments to it. And I also Um, get embarrassed because to them, to the Bellas, everything is a competition and the (laughs) ever moist and uh, the whiskey shivers. I don't remember what they're their band name in the movie was Saddle Up, but Saddle I'm up. pretty sure we, we used to have the whiskey and, up, and then the, du- the two guys, they just turn it into a big jam session where mm-hmm. it's just like, we're all having fun playing music and the bells are like, why aren't we competing? Because yeah. they're dorks. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who can't just enjoy the music. 
Yeah, it's. I thought it was really, and yeah, the DJ Khaled thing is strange. I thought that, I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, I honestly, that, I bet for a long time it was blank name, blank famous singer in this, this spot. And like they got DJ Khaled by the end of, you know, by the time. This the series was due for a, an obligatory celebrity cameo like that. Unfortunately, um, it was going to happen. Yeah. And for the time frame, DJ Khaled does make sense. You You know that they were kind of out of like, consequential ideas for what they wanted to do just by the opening of the movie, just by the idea of them being performing on a boat for mysterious businessman. And then fat Amy pulling a James Bond esque rescue. You knew like, Oh gosh, this is starting off in a bad way. Fat Amy Winehouse was a great joke. There were still some good jokes in here. I think where I struggle with it so much is like, it's like they took, it's like if you told a kid, to go do the laundry and they did it. And then you went into the garage and the garage was full of soap. <laughs> You'd be like, you did the laundry, but you made a big mess. So like you took my notes and you ruined it. And that's yeah. how it feels like, okay, you did do everything I wanted you to do, like how you did any of it. <laughs> so this movie, this franchise started like off. Away, like I talked about in the last movie, why is there a relationship situation with Bumper and Amy and Skylar and Hannah Kendrick? And then they just cut, they dropped them from this movie. Great. You took, you decided to not do it. I'm actually yeah. okay with that. Good choice. Yeah. They just dropped it and said, now we're done with this. That's why I feel like, you know, you can look at the first one and then you can skip the second one and then you can go into the third one because the third one just leans into, again, being, it takes some of the fun stuff and it doesn't expand on any of the stories. You get another ridiculous premise and you get another silly thing and the Bellas are doing a silly thing and a silly, silly premise. And that is funny. It's kind of like a, again, for me, it's like an Austin Powers hoof on a spy genre. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're just using acapella in place of Austin Powers. And I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. I did. I mean, it's not good, but it was entertaining. No, it is entertaining. <laughs> and, and still, again, the mashups are, are still entertaining. It's not as funny. Nothing is memorable. I mean, it is literally, it feels too long for an hour and a half. It feels no longer. It feels just as long as two, which is two hours. And that's not good. But it feels just as long, even though it's not. So it's it's just, you know, it's incredibly forgettable outside of the hour and a half of which you go, you know what, this is better than I thought. You know, I'm going to make a comparison here. The first Pitch Perfect, we talked about the sports movie analogy. First Pitch Perfect is kind of like Dodgeball with, you know, Ben Siller, right? <laughs> it's kind of a silly movie. It's a weird sport, but it's kind of all within the realm of like, eh, eh, you know, this could happen. Yeah. This is more like a Will Ferrell movie, like a Eurovision song of fire and ice or whatever, because this is like so, it's just so over the top in some places. It's so dependent on like cameos and things like that, that like even the stuff that I think is supposed to be heartfelt, like Becca's big moment, just kind of feels like, Ugh. I guess, like, I all guess. All of that feels I mean, I feel like none of that, everyone, insane. I feel like all of them are equally as talented as Becca. Agreed. And that's why it doesn't make sense to separate them. The goal again, and that why the ending of the movie doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be DJ Khaled picked Becca because she's yeah. the most talented one. And the best thing she did was bring the Bellas on day and then the whole thing was good. So why yeah. wouldn't he want to sign them all? It doesn't yeah. make sense in the storytelling perspective, but it just, yeah. So like that whole thing with Becca, even, and that was the problem with the second one too, is that it should have never been about her individual professional growth. That's not what the story is. Another element that I like to uh, I'd like to address is that 
as Josh said, they dropped Skylar Aston. Young Zachary Levi was dropped for young Adam Scott, who does his best in this movie to be a, a love interest. <laughs> that guy doesn't look like Adam Scott. I thought it was for a really long time. Wait, who are we talking about? That guy's love interest in this one. That's producer or whatever. Producer. Until I heard his British accent, I was like, is that Adam Scott? I got to go back now and look at a picture of him. He looks all, in this movie for like a couple of the early frames. He looks just like Adam Scott, but like really young. And yeah. like, if you go back and you look at young Adam Scott when he was on Boy Meets World, he's a pretty good looking guy. <laughs> not to say he's not good looking now. He's just 35 years older than that. <laughs> Adam Scott on Boy Meets World. That is a... <laughs> you look it up. It's pretty, he's a pretty good looking kid back then. Okay, I can he's see some like Adam Scott. Then. It's the eyes. It's the eyes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, you know, I didn't think about it until you, you brought up trading young Zachary Levi for young Adam Scott. But <laughs> I kind of miss... The troublemakers. There's no troublemakers in this movie. And I think you need them. Like, they cut out some characters and some moments and things that I feel like make Pitch Perfect. Like, I miss the troublemakers. I miss Reggie Watts' weird band. Like, who are all, the old men who are always there. Yeah. Like, if they could find a way to, to give John Michael Higgins and Elizabeth Banks a purpose, they could have given them a purpose, too. And I gotta be honest, I should have said it last week. Their bit's tired. Their, bit Their bits tired are very around. tired in this movie. It and was I, rough I'm, in the second one, but again, yeah. it goes back to it was fine for the second one. You just yeah. didn't give me anything more. It, it and this one, the, it was tired. Yeah, there was no growth of it in the second one, and so it was just stag- it was a little bit stale. Well, but it was hardly purpose- the biggest problem of the movie. And here, yeah. it's just like I just wanted them gone. You could cut every yeah. scene they're in, and I don't think the movie. Yes, loses because much. their I purpose agree. was basically to be nothing more than just color commentating for the acapella competitions. And when there are no longer acapella competitions. I don't want them anymore. They're like, I don't want to see them produce a documentary. No, I don't want to see them host a podcast. No, like you either need to have this movie be about acapella competitions and have them in it or have it be about something else like they did and not have them in it. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. And that's where the trio doesn't necessarily make sense. It lost its voice. It doesn't like overall, it doesn't know what it wanted to be like the first one. Again, it took a sports movie and it spoofed it. This one, it took a spine movie and it spoofed it. The middle one tried to expand on the story of the people in the spoof. And I think that was the mistake. Yeah. Either either this one should have ran with it or the second one should have been a spoof on another movie incorporating the Bellas. It's a ridiculous Well, thing. and I'm basing this on nothing more than my hunch, but I would have a hard time believing this was intended to be a franchise. I think they were probably surprised that the first Pitch Perfect was such a big hit. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, let's really keep the story going. The and they tried. And, and that's like, what the problem with this, the whole idea of the original so many sequels exactly. and why we're back to this kind of franchise is exactly. seeing how these went. You know, sometimes there is a purpose for them. And sometimes is. it is like, this movie made money, keep making more. And this and is I, a perfect example. It is, because I do think there is a world where a, there, like a good Pitch Perfect trilogy exists, but they just didn't land it well here. So like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not that they shouldn't have made sequels, but like, ah, they should have made these sequels. <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> I can see it sustaining three movies, but they should have been in college probably the whole time. They should have started as freshmen and we should have watched their college career mm-hmm. and then end it with graduation is probably what I would have done. Yeah. And I can even see it being like what they did, like the time frame that they did it, but just focusing the story in more on what the, on the actual, like keeping the spirit of that first one, the competition and the camaraderie between them and making it work. Now, I understand that the second one we talked about how it doesn't have a, it doesn't feel like it has a voice. And in a way that's the story of the movie for the characters is that they've lost their sense of identity 
as the Bellas, right? But I don't know. It's a complicated thing. I want to talk about this movie has continues a pitch perfect trend where the bad guys really do not become like the bad guys anymore. So like early on in the first one, the bad guys are the troublemakers. They're the ones causing all, you know, that are always beating them. Giving them troublemakers become basically a non-factor by the end of the movie, right? Same, same thing as the second movie. DOS, a sound machine. The, the, they do their performance and they're done. There's no like wrap up with the sound machine after the final performance by the Bellas. And then here, uh, Evermoist, they just disappear into the night. Like they just, they're there one day and they're gone the next. So like the, all the rivalries they have don't really come to conclusions. They always get put off for some, you know, like some other bigger thing. But maybe that's not important, but I just think it's interesting that they did that like three times in a row. Yeah, it is interesting. It's hard to make, how are you going to make an acapella group a true villain, you know? <laughs> by the end, you got to like them all, I guess. Well, and again, that's why the story, in my opinion, is the first one is fine. The first one is what it is. And the second one, you honestly should focus on the troublemakers. What are they going to do to overcome and beat the Bellas? Do they? You still have the Bellas there, but then you keep that spirit of competition alive is that they have to do that. And then you're seeing a different kind of side. You just shift. And then again, the third one is well, that they come together and they're graduating and it's one aqua group and then they make the whole college better and happy and wonderful and everybody wants to be part of it. Now, flash Danny, mom that shit. The exact blueprint here is not exact, okay? There's a little bit of like skipping a couple movies. The blueprint is Rocky, all right? Rocky won. Rocky does his best. He doesn't necessarily win in the end, but man, he showed them, right? Rocky Bella three. should have lost. Rocky yeah. three, he gets cocky. Now he's doing commercials. He's fighting Hulk Hogan. He's doing all, he's all cool, Rocky. Mighty. But guess what? Clubber Lang is training every day. He's getting there. That's what they need in that second. Uh, the young, up-and-coming acapella group to knock them off their pedestal, make them find themselves. And then Rocky 3, what do you got? Or, I'm sorry, Pitch Perfect 3? Redemption. Five. Drago. We're going big time. If I can change, you can change. All right? That's the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, they should have made Pitch Perfect a sports movie. They should have made it. They should have made it singing Rocky. That's yeah. I don't hate that. <laughs> I do not hate that when you. I'll put be honest. It the Rocky franchise is such a great blueprint for most stories. I mean, you're not wrong. I think it it definitely could be. Let's talk about the music. Forgettable. Yes, except that's the word I was going to use. Everything except for Toxic is 100 percent forgettable. The music yeah, choices you, were not the as moments good. with the bands that you guys were talking about earlier. Those are pretty good, but they're still forgettable. Yeah, I thought yeah. the riff off was the letdown, not performance wise, but just song choice wise. Yeah, just overall, I was not hyped yeah. on the music choices this time. No, and yeah, like you said, Toxic I, was I, really good, but like you said, we got that in the very beginning. If really. that one hadn't happened at the very beginning of the movie, it would have also been forgettable. It's because it's part of that opening, and because my wife screamed out, they should have done Britney a long time ago. And then it's the uh, Hannah Mae Lee going like this to do the wow, 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 out noise, you know. It's it's the only one that stands out in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking um, at the soundtrack right now, and you've got "Toxic," "Get the Party Started," "Fly Away" by Lenny Kravitz, "Zombie" Zombie. by the Cranberries, "Cheap Thrills," "Cake by the Ocean," "Freedom" '90 by George Michael. Like, what are that these songs? That was the songs? big song they sang at the end. She sang another cover. She sang "Freedom '90" yeah. again, and then they threw cups in there a little bit. <laughs> after the whole point of the movie, after the whole point throw of cups in. It's perfect too. I just, I, these songs, I don't get it. I don't get no. it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The, it's true. I did like the subtle reference to the cups craze where they were like, we brought this just in case. And then she squatted the cup out of her hand. I thought that was pretty fun. I did appreciate that. 
Interesting. Outside of that, did, like that yeah. was a good little that was a good little joke where she's like, I brought this. Get that yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And outside yeah. of that, everything else was again just this movie is just very forgettable overall. Like again, I will it's enjoyable for the hour and a half. Yes. And then I won't want to watch it again. I will maintain. Or I won't think to watch it again, but if it's on TV, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, forget this movie was kind of." No, yeah, like, I, I think this I is, would. This is a franchise where I think it ends after the first one. You just say no, and they never made any more. Yeah. The series <laughs> could, is canceled after that. Definitely do that. Like I could watch Pitch Perfect. I think at any point and be cool with that. That's definitely yeah. a. Well, if it's on TV, I'd watch it and not like hate it. It would be fun. Yeah. With the, the other, other ones, ones just, I don't even think I'd turn on. Is YouTube the individual performances? Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I'll be interested to see. Kind of what the what the TV show does with this franchise, since it's going to be largely new people, which is truly the only way to make this work. Mm-hmm. Is you, you can't keep doing the Bellas over. <laughs> so I don't know the premise of the show, other than it's got Bumper back and I think Flula Borg as his weird German character. But that's the only future for this franchise I see is if this TV show works out. What's this TV show? Is it going to be on Peacock? Yeah, let me pull it pull it up real quick and see what information yeah. I can find. Because I'm intrigued because, I mean, my first instinct is you've got to take <laughs> it back to the original. So I do think that you have to bring in Bellas to some extent. But if it is Flula and Anna, I'm, then I don't I'm, think it's going to be that because they're, I mean, you yeah. have to have coaches. Like, they're going to be coaches and they're going to be incorporated. But, like, they need to be coaches for younger people to do singing in the performance. Yeah, and I mean, okay. they try to smell the I show don't... and be the top. And if it's still based on the Bellas specifically, then there's no reason not to occasionally have like someone be brought in as being like, hey, it's one of our older members are going to come in and talk to you guys or whatever yeah. for an episode. Um, I don't see, I'm not seeing a premise for the show yet, which is interesting because it says it's going to premiere in November, but it's called Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin. Oh, and it, it stars okay, Adam. Then I'm wrong on everything I just said. They will not be doing this. It stars Adam Devine, Flula Borg, Jamila Jamil, and Sarah Hyland, which is a pretty good cast, I think. That should be okay. Great. I found a one sentence description on IMDb. Oh, IMDb boy. that says Bumper moves to Germany to revive his music career after one of his songs becomes big in Berlin. Honestly, into I'm okay with that if they lean that into it. sounds like it could be I'm, funny. Sure. I Bumper imagine those... Bumper having a really bad viral hit in one country. And then like, very, with it. it's what he's this... going to, this is Dustin, or oh my God, David Hasselhoff. Oh my God. I was thinking, what does the Fox say? There will be a, there will be a David Hasselhoff cameo. I can almost guarantee that. Unfortunately, yeah. we will probably not get a like Ben Platt, Skylar Aston cameo in that show, but that would be pretty fun. It does seem like a ripe opportunity for cameos from previous cast members, but yeah. interesting. For like Rebel Wilson to show up just like yeah. at the very end. You know, oh, yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Bumper, I'm sorry. <laughs> she says some weird stuff. I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, the show sounds great, but it doesn't seem to incorporate the whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. I enjoy Pitch Perfect as an idea. <laughs> and I get Flutlet and Adam are hilarious. You imagined a completely different premise for the movie, though, Garrett, which is pretty yeah. fun. And honestly, Peacock shows are not that bad. They're pretty funny. They're not. They do a good job most of the time. So we'll see. I mean, these, you know what? I would say, even as the franchise itself, in my opinion, overall got worse, and David will get into the box office and see if it continued to improve or if this plateaued. But I'm not turned up. You know, it overall, I still had a very positive experience with the franchise enough to give the show a good shot and to think that it could be funny. 
Yeah. It may not be good, but I bet it'll be funny. Yeah. At no point do these movies like ruin the franchise or like sour my opinion on it. It's just like, okay, I don't want any more of these. You want to try something else and um, you, I might bite, but I don't want another one of these movies. <laughs> All right. On that note. Yeah. Let's talk about the box office. So interesting, interesting numbers for Pitch Perfect 3, I think. Pitch Perfect 3, we'll get on our way back machine. We'll go back to December 22nd, 2017. Very similar story to Pitch Perfect 2. That's our debut weekend. <clears throat> Pitch Perfect would open in the number three spot. It was one of five new movies opening at the box office that weekend. Three of those movies would finish in the top five. However, all of them would finish behind in its second weekend, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Last Jedi which brought in $71.5 million. And the number two spot, also opening that weekend, was Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, 36.1. Pitch Perfect came in number three with 19.9. The Greatest Showman comes in at number four with 8.8. So a lot of demo crossover there, I would think. And at number five, Ferdinand was in its second weekend with 7.3 million. Ferdinand, starring John Cena? Starring John he is a bull so that's a pretty crazy weekend one to have the other two movies that opened that weekend were downsizing and father figures which those <laughs> opened in the bottom five oh downsizing uh, in the really bottom terrible. five of the top ten. so yeah that's a tough that's a stacked weekend for that's a lot of new movies coming out also you had star wars still in theater pitch perfect would go on pitch perfect three i should say would go on to bring in 104 million dollars in the united states which is worse than pitch perfect two but still better than pitch perfect one it brought in $80 million overseas, which again, worse than two, better than one, for a worldwide total of $185 million, which again is right there in the middle. So it went, it was here, it went here, and it went back down. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it was kind of clear. They saw, okay, this is going down. Let's not belabor this too much, I think. Um, with 185, though, or with, excuse me, with 104, that's good enough for the number 29 spot for the year of 2017. Number one was obviously The Last Jedi, followed by, Josh, you guessed this last week, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> yeah. followed by Wonder Woman, then Jumanji, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If you're interested in movies from 2017 that we've already reviewed, go check out John Wick Chapter 2, John Last Wick Jedi, John Wick June. That was a great weekend or a series. Cool. Guardians Volume 2, we've done a recording for It, which came out that year. Yeah. And uh, you guys did one for Cars 3 before I joined the show. No, oh, that's a shame. So there's a, there's your 2017 rundown for so many. <laughs> Why did we do that? No, <laughs> I'll no, tell you, no. Cars 3 is be- much better than Cars 2. I think a big step up there. I genuinely can't remember. I've I don't tried know. to block them. Yeah. Oh, Cars 2 is bad. Cars 3 is actually pretty solid. I think we, they we should can't just relate. ignore Cars 2 and just watch Cars and then Cars 3 and you'll be all right. That's the one where they go like, I don't know. I don't think I like it's the one that. where uh, go Lightning... back and listen to our review to find out what it how is. Much John, we I'll tell you what it is, Garrett. I'll tell you what it is. It is Rocky Three. Cars Three is Lightning's getting hot on himself. A new young rookie oh. is getting better. Knocks him off. He has to relearn his. He has to go back to basics. You know. Anyway, I do think it was better, but I still think it was. Bad. It is. It's much better I than Cars like Two. Always like back to basics. Then okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, worldwide numbers are pretty much the exact same, except Fate of the Furious and Despicable Me Three work their way into the top five on those worldwide numbers. So there you go. That's it for 2017 box office for Pitch Perfect Three, finishing sort of in the middle of the first two movies. I kind of don't know where that means for the box office score, but I cut or for the for the, excuse me for the reviews. But I actually assume it's worse than the first two. So I've got some uh, some fun letterbox reviews to share with the class. I always love doing this part because the letterbox community very funny people. Yes, <laughs> very funny. I, I wish people. I could be this funny sometimes. So one one of 
my favorite ones because it's just so simple. Is atrocious. I don't even fully know what this means, but I'm going to read it. This is from Letterboxd user Carr, who gave it two stars and said, Not to sound like a white man's whore, but I miss Jesse. <laughs> uh, Pitch Perfect did that, and by that I mean severely decline in quality over the course of three movies. So many choices were made and they were all wrong. And then here's a good one. The fact that they sing Toxic by Britney Spears makes this film ten times better than it actually is. I think that's a fact. So, with those Highlight. reviews in mind, what do we think? I don't remember. Did last week, did Pitch Perfect 2 dip into the twos or was it still above a three? I feel like it was like three. I, I think it was right. Like right at three or where it was 2.9. Mm. I can't like I go first too much. Josh, you go first. Okay. 2.6. Ooh. That's where I'm going to land, I think. I'm going to go with 2.3. That's what I was thinking. I'll go too low and I'll say a 1.9. Ooh. We don't hear often hear ones out here these days. No, we don't. Was, I saw a movie that was a 1.9 on Letterboxd the other day, and I went, oh my gosh, this has to be so bad. I will go ahead and confirm to you that David went way too low. It's way not too a one. It's not in the ones. But the winner this week, and I hate, I don't like when this happens because it makes me feel weird, but it's me. Yay. <laughs> it's a 2.6, exactly. I promise David. I did not see the score. But a 2.6 is what the letterbox community thought of pitch perfect three so i guess to wrap up what are our ratings and then this is probably going to be pretty i can probably guess this but then how do we rank the series this is two stars think, for me yeah it's two stars for me this movie's okay and this for me the okay. ranking goes one two three see i go one three two because i have no purpose for two and three is entertaining on the standalone for me I feel like it's a two and a half. Only saved by the smallest things. And I would say, you know, which is still worse than my Pitch Perfect 2 review. But yeah, I guess uh, I will say one and then end it there. No, I'll say one, three, two. Fascinating that you both thought three was a worse movie, but liked it better than the second. It's just so much, it's just so much easier to follow. That's it is a weird easy, thing uh, to say about a pitch perfect. Look, it could have gone either way. I think that watching them in succession, I think that two was a good movie that it tried to build on the story. It just didn't quite do a good job. This one went back to, nah, man, we're just going to throw that away. And because it did that, it is a worse movie, but still more entertaining than two. Because now I have no purpose for two. I can watch one and it's a good movie. Two tries to advance the story, but I know the story doesn't advance. So I'm just going to skip it and watch three if it's hot TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like my Look, choices. I would I was, rather just watch the first one. And I, was quite, the I, I would say I was quite bored after the first, after the second one. This one, I wasn't bored, but I was like, that wasn't great. But I, but it, it felt like it got over with fast enough for me. And I have a one-year-old running around here causing havoc. So if, you <laughs> could, if I can manage to, to catch it all while he's doing his thing, you did your job. Interesting, yeah. interesting. All right. That completes our Pitch Perfect series. Maybe down the line, if we feel so obliged, we might talk about the show at some point if we liked it. Or just, you know, some small chat. Not a whole episode yeah. or anything. But maybe we'll revisit it down the line. But uh, let us know what you thought about Pitch Perfect 3 and the rest of the series on any of our social media channels, which you can find at so com. For people listening to this now, 
being when it's released. We'll be back next week with, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're getting into spooky season. It's time to get spooky. I won't tell you yet exactly what movie we're doing next week, but I will say, get ready for Halloween. Yes. So many scares. So many scares. Although, next week won't be scary. I, no. There's a hint. Scary fun. <laughs> you, that's Not scary. But First it was spooky. Then, then it was scary. <laughs> yes. So many scary in a fun here. way. We'll see you all next time. <laughs> Bye.